0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. We're concluding this series on Healthy Relationships myth. Or reality. How many here have really appreciated this series and what God's done in your life? It's been very powerful, very powerful. And so, you know, this is not just about your marriage, or in which most of the time, a lot of relationship talks are that way. But this is about your friendships. This is about your coworkers. And really, this comes down to: this is about your heart. This is about you. This is about how do we navigate our relationships in our lives? Because everyone has an authority. Whether you realize it or not, everyone is governed by an authority. For some of you, the authority might be yourself. So well, whatever I think is right is the way I'm going to respond to my relationships. For some of you, maybe it's your experiences. Because this was my experience, now I'm going to respond to relationships this way. For, for some of us, it's culture. Culture tells us what is right in our relationships and what is wrong. Culture tells us how we are to act and whether we get offended or whether we have patience. or whether Culture tells us, and so we're always adapting and functioning and flowing with how culture dictates. But as Christians, I'm, I, I just want you to know that that nothing else is our authority except for this right here. This is our authority. This is how we walk out our relationships. And so we've been looking at the Word of God. What does it say about our relationships? And how are we to be first internally and then how is that expressed externally through the acts and the fruit of our lives? So we're going to begin today reading out of First Corinthians chapter 13. And we're going to start in verse 4, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. But this is what Scripture says about love is, because love looks like something. You can say, I love you, but what does it look like? Don't tell me you love me and then treat me terribly. Everybody say amen to that. Love looks like something. And so Paul begins to, he's writing a church just like us here today, saying, hey, guys, listen, this is what love looks like. Now, let let me just give you an understanding. The reason why Paul had to write them and tell them what love looks like is because their love was not looking very good. And so he had to just speak into it. He had to correct it. He had to draw a new baseline. He had to draw another line in the sand and say, hey, guys, let's take a look. And that's what the Word of God does is that it's our mirror. As we look at it, we say, you know what, I need to change. And just so you know, I want to give you some hope today that you're going to spend the rest of your life changing until you die and go to heaven. So we all have plenty, plenty of road ahead of us to become more like Christ. And so we're going to do that journey together. But Paul says this, love is patient and kind. Looking at this one particular line in here, which I believe is a rare, this, actually, the line speaks of what actually our society and the Christian world, we do a lot. But this is what Paul says, and he says this, love is not rude. Let's say that together, love is not rude. Turn and tell someone, it's not rude. Go and tell them. Say, it's not rude. So, a definition of rude is this. Is this definition, offensively or impolite or ill-mannered. So if you do something that's offensive, if you're impolite or ill-mannered, in other words, rude means this, you ain't got no manners is what rude means. You don't have any manners. You, don't, you, you respond in ways that you don't ever consider anyone else except you. Also, it goes on to say what rude is. It is lacking subtlety or sophistication. In other words, you don't have any class. That's what rude means. Now, if you were to look at the opposite of rude, which is really what we're going to focus on today about the positive side, love is, and we're going to be looking at this, is the opposite or the antonym of rude. Rude is something, is this, it is gentle, one who has class, polite, and respectful. So today I'm going to be looking at understanding this whole idea that love is respectful. That's what it is. Remember that Paul, before he wrote this, he was talking about that love is not an emotion. It's not something you stumble into. It's not driven by feelings. It's not driven by emotion. That love is a choice. You don't fall into love like you fall into a ditch. You just don't. Love is a choice. I choose to love you. I make a decision to love you. When you are having a bad day, sweetheart, I'm going to love you anyway. And if you think, get away from me, just know this, well, I'm going to chase you down or at least stay at a distance so I can be safe until I can love you because I'm committed to love you. That's what it means. Come hell or high water, come come frustration, come sickness or, or anything else, financial desperation, health issues, no matter what, I'm going to love you. And that's the choice that God gave us. He said, I'm going to love you. And even, how many here would say, you know, my whole life, I've been really lovable. No, you have not been. But God has chosen to love you. He chooses to love you. Now, remember, Paul says this, that love is a choice. And notice that all those descriptions we just read were all choices. They weren't all feelings. They weren't all things that if you wake up in the morning, the sun's just right, then be nice to your husband or wife or friend or coworkers. That's not what it says. Love is a choice. And this whole idea is this area that love is not rude. In other words, love is respectful. 1 Peter 2.17 says this, to show, we need to show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. Just, just which all it means is honor the person who is leading. Honor the person who is in charge. I mean, just that one alone. Depending on if, you're, if your particular party is in the White House. That's, this one alone can rock a lot of our worlds. But God is saying through His world, through His Word, that respect is a part of relationships. It's the fruit of choosing to love. And you might think, yeah, but Jason, my personality, but hang on, hang on. I'm just, I'm just naturally rude. That's <laughs> I just how I, mean, I just tell it like it is. If people don't like it, they can stick it. And that's what a lot of people act like and feel like. But I hear this all the time. In other words, what you're saying is, I'm too proud to admit that I shouldn't be this way. And let me, just, let me just encourage you today. If you would say, no, it's just my personality to be rude. Just hang on. If you're a Christian, you need to stop making your identity something that God says should not be in your life. Love is Not rude. So the topic of being respectful, for some of us it can come more natural than others, depending on your upbringing, depending on, on what your examples were. But what we know is that being respectful has to do with what Scripture says about how we interact for people. And I just want to give you some reasons. This morning, this message is so practical. It is just absolutely practical. You can take this and do something with it today. But first I want to tell you reasons why you should show respect in our relationships is number one, it reveals that you know God. It reveals that you actually know the God that you say you know. 1 John 4.8 says this, Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. Whoever does not love does not know God. So here, how do you know if you're following God? Let me give you a great test. Look at your relationships and evaluate how respectful you are in them. Now, I'm not talking about relationships you don't have. I'm not talking about relationships with people who don't really know you. I'm talking about relationships with people who really do know you. If I was to ask them how respectful are you in those relationships, what would they say? And I think for for many of us, we said, yeah, but hang on, Jason. I I show respect where respect is earned. That's, That's what I do. Let me ask you a question. How many here have earned God's respect? How many here? If God took our approach to respect, how many here would have never actually received God's respect? All of us. And this is something for us to understand, this whole idea about who we are as believers, is that you are are to be respectful towards others, not because of who they are, but because of who you are. There's a big difference. Most everyone determines their behavior based on everyone else's behavior. Well, I'll do this if they're that. Well, I'll act this way if they act that way. Well, if they're respectful, I'll be respectful. Well, if they're honoring, I'll be honoring. If they're kind, I'll be kind. And so we live our many, most of our Christian lives ready. I'm ready. I'll, I'll be kind to you, but you first must be kind. Imagine a family like that. If everybody's waiting on everybody else, it's not a very pretty picture. That's why Paul is writing to these people. That's why Peter has said this. That's why John is talking about this. Because this whole idea that love must be a part of who we are. And the kingdom and the family you belong to, which is Jesus Christ, God's kingdom. When you got saved, your last name was changed. You're no longer bound to your old life, to your old world. He invited you. He brought you in his house. He sat you at his table. You are a part of his home and his family. This kingdom of God is not moved by by the behavior of others. It isn't moved by the circumstances. It isn't moved because things aren't going right. This kingdom of God is steadfast and strong. And we have a nature about ourselves and should have a nature about ourselves if we follow Jesus Christ. Now, I had a friend who always told, he had a bad temper, and he just told me he had a bad temper because his dad had a bad temper. That's what he did. Well, my dad has a bad temper. Well, it's because my dad was because, I said, well, you don't have to live that way. If you're a Christian, Jesus Christ replaces everything else of your past. It may be learned behavior. It might be something that naturally comes to to you. But listen, the work of your daddy is not more powerful than the work of the son of God who sits on the throne of the universe and rules it. And this whole idea that, well, I'm this way because my daddy's that way. No, 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 no. Your daddy has been changed. It is Father God. Follow him. And so never allow your earthly last name to be an excuse for your behavior. If you're a Christian, then Jesus is your example. And Jesus, he was, he was gracious with people. I mean, we in the church, we've all, I, have a, oh, I, I believe this and I believe that. And, And so our whole world is polarized. Within the Christian world, people are just rude and nasty. And we're out to prove somebody else wrong all the time. But Jesus was gracious with people. He protected people's dignity. And we live in a world that people are constantly trying to tear people down. They're constantly trying to rip people's dignity down. They're constantly trying to expose them and bring shame on them. And this is the world we live in. And I'm I'm talking about the Christian world. This is our world. The whole book sales in Christian world is driven by people who are writing against somebody else. It's driven by it. You get on the internet, man, you can, you can look up all kinds of things about so-and-so heresy, so-and-so this, so-and-so that, and there is somebody that has written something about every person that's ever done anything positive for God all the time. Just this week, on the heels of the most beloved minister of our, of our day, Billy Graham, passing away, Christians started tearing him down. Just this week, I mean, right out of the gate, Franklin Graham released a picture of, of, his, of, of the casket of his father, and people just started into him. Christians started into him. They started tearing his dignity down because of the net worth of their ministry or the net worth of, their min- of, of him personally. And I, I was thinking this, wait a minute. In order to preach to 215 million people in 185 countries, it's going to take a little bit of money. But it's sickening to me to see and experience the spirit of rudeness in Christians today. And it should not be in our church Amen to that? Amen. It should not be. In Jesus' day, there was a legitimate reason for, for someone to be stripped of their dignity, which actually in the situation, they thought it was legitimate. They were dealing on one occasion with a woman who was caught in adultery, and they brought her, the, the religious leaders brought her to Jesus and threw him at his, at his feet. And, and they were going to strip her of her dignity. They knew the Bible. The Pharisees, they knew all about it. They could quote it to you frontwards, backwards, all kinds of stuff. But they didn't know the character of the author. They had all the the, the doctrine right, but they were rude and they were nasty. And the first thing that Jesus did in this situation is he protected the woman's dignity. He looked at everyone else around. He said this, let him who is without sin throw the first stone at this woman. Go for it. Nobody threw a stone. They all walked away. And li- listen to this. And then, in the privacy of a one on one conversation, he dealt with her sin. Our Facebook platforms, our, 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 we, we, we are the most courageous cowards on our Facebook. We throw bombs at other believers from a distance and say, well, I'm just trying to start a conversation. That's real helpful. It's rude. The Bible says love is not rude. In other words, knock it off. Have some class. Protect dignity. And if not for someone else's sake, protect your own. And Jesus, he met with this woman. He had a one-on-one conversation with her. He didn't, now listen, he didn't ignore her sin. He addressed it in a respectful way. He didn't excuse her sin. He actually told her, and he he, he let her, she knew she was a sinner, and he said, you are forgiven. And he told her to change her life, and then he said this, I want you to go and sin no more. He didn't compromise. He didn't say you shouldn't sin. He said, go and sin no more. But he did it in a one-on-one conversation with her. He was respectful to her. Jesus gave respect to the most disrespected people of of the time. Tax collectors who were normally corrupt. Prostitutes. Those on the fringe. He showed respect to all of them to bring them to a higher place to instill value into their life. To say that I believe in you. That I respect you. For for an individual who had probably lost respect in themselves. He began to re-instill in their lives the respect that God placed on them. And if that's the way that Jesus treated people... If Jesus Christ is really in me, doesn't it make sense that that's the way we should treat people? Yeah, you may have all the right beliefs. Man, you may be able to quote up, down, sideways, everything else about the Bible. But if you're right and you're rude, you're still wrong. Love is not rude. Our respect for others reveals that we know God. Number two, why should we show respect? Is because mankind was made in God's image. That's why we should show respect. Mankind was made in God's image. And Genesis 1:27 says this. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, and created them. Hebrews 2:7, speaking of mankind, speaking of humankind, male and female, you made them a little, a little, a little lower than the angels. Think about it, he made us a little lower than the angels. I'm thinking, oh, I'm way down. No, 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 no. You were made a little lower than the angels. You were made a little lower than celestial beings. That's remarkable. And you crown them, meaning humankind, with glory and honor. The Bible says that people are the crown of God's creation. Even the frustrating people, <laughs> even the nasty people, even the entitled people, even the cranky people. God says, I made them in my image. Because we are made in the image of God, mankind, humankind demands respect from us who are, call ourselves Christians. So, but he, just don't hear what I'm not saying this morning. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Respect that I'm talking about doesn't mean that we have to agree with their anti-Christ opinions or the anti-biblical opinions. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. It doesn't mean we don't confront. It doesn't mean we don't hold people to the line. It means we hold ourselves in a respectful manner that when we encounter them, when we engage with them, when we do have to have a conversation with them, we acknowledge that God made this individual in his image and I will show respect. That's what it means. Showing respect doesn't mean you compromise your beliefs or you compromise your convictions. It doesn't mean we don't speak the truth. It just means we are determined to be respectful no matter what. Not because of who they are, but because of who we are. And because we are followers of Jesus, because we're a part of the family of God, we then understand that God has respect on them. And therefore, since they were made in the image of God, we will show respect. Another reason why we show respect is number three, because the cross shows the value God placed on every person on the planet. The cross shows the value that God placed on every person on the planet. God sent His one and only Son to save mankind. Because of His love for the Father, Jesus went to the cross. Because of His love for you, Jesus went to the cross. He loved you. He gave value to human beings because he gave his life for us so that we might be saved. Just so you know, everything we do as a believer is to bring people to the understanding and to the knowledge of God. If that's not our end goal, if that's not what our... If we think, well, there's some other way that maybe they'll find God. Or if we think by by serving these people, whether it's serving the poor whether it's, it's, it's doing mission work, whether it's any social justice, if the purpose is not to bring people to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, we are missing the point. God's whole purpose, why he created the humankind was to have us so that we have a relationship with him. Why he sent the most precious thing he could ever send with this, was his son, Jesus Christ. That was their whole purpose, to restore mankind back to God. 1 Timothy 2.6 says this, Jesus gave himself as a ransom for all people. Revelation 5.9 says this, by your blood, speaking of Jesus, you purchased for God from every tribe, every race, every color, and tongue, and people, and nation. You purchased them. And since Jesus gave his life for people in your life, in your relationship means he values them so much that he lay his own life down for them. We should respect God's value on their life. In other words, don't be rude. Number four. Why should we show respect? This this one's a pretty simple one. Because you reap what you sow. It's really straightforward. You reap what you sow. If you want respect, You need to give respect. Galatians 6, 7 says this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. In other words, this this is a principle. This is a law. A man reaps what he sows. In other words, God will not go back on this law. He will not be mocked. though, Though this context is in the area of sin, if you sow to the flesh, you reap of the flesh. If you sow to the spirit, you reap of the spirit. But this is what he's saying. God cannot be mocked. In other words, you're not going to sow respect and not receive respect back because then God would be mocked. God won't be mocked. If you sow respect, you're going to reap respect. It may not even be from the person that you're giving respect to. You may not reap it back from the individual. But because of who God is, because He's the God of His his Word, because God never lies, that if you sow respect, God You will begin to plant seeds of respect, and God will allow you to reap a harvest of respect in your own life. And most of the time in our relationships, we're waiting for the other person to show respect so that we can now show respect. That's called human nature. But I don't want human nature. I want God's nature. I don't want natural nature in my life. I want supernatural nature in my life. I want to function from a place that the w- rest of the world isn't functioning from. I'm not functioning from my flesh. I'm going to function from my spirit. Am I going to be perfect all the time? No way. I promise you that. Just ask my wife. She will tell you. Ask my kids. Ask the people that, 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 are, that are on the, the team, my team at the church. They'll tell you, no, Jason, perfect. I promise you that. But my heart's desire is to honor the Lord. To the fruit of my life from the outflow of my spirit. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. If you want to be respected by others, you need to give respect. What you give out is what you're gonna give back. If you want to be treated graciously by other people, then you need to treat people graciously, be respectful. If you want people to smile at you, then you gotta start smiling. If you want rudeness, then just keep being yourself. You're fine. I'm just joking about that. Whatever you sow, you're going to read. The Bible says love is not rude. Can we say that together? Love is not rude. I mean, think about it. Those who are respectful, those who have manners, they, they, I, they, they live a more enjoyable life. Think about it. Respectful, kind, courteous people. They're the most happy people on the planet. When's the last time you met a rude person and thought, man, they're really happy? You haven't. No, they got a chip on their shoulder. They're, they're, they're always miserable. This will serve you well, my friends, if you will be respectful to other people. Proverbs eleven seventeen says this. Those who are kind, they benefit themselves. They benefit themselves. There's a kindness, and, and you reap what you sow. It never pays to be rude. Any business knows this. If you, if you want people, if you want to be a successful business leader, if you, want to be, if you work with people and customers, you need to respect them. If you respect them, guess what? You will get respect back. That's just how it is. I uh, had the privilege of, this is actually what I'll say. This is one of the reasons why I love Chick-fil-A. Somehow I figured out a way to weave some food into the message. You know, it's just how it is. But I love Chick-fil-A. You go there and they're so respectful to you. They're like, oh, could, could I get an extra so at my pleasure? I thought, what? is it your pleasure to serve me? I feel so respected. I, I'm like, well, okay. That, then It makes me want to be kind back to them. Well, well can I help you clean that table? I, I, <laughs> that's why I go back. For one, I, I only eat Christian chicken, so that's why I go there. I'm not going to eat some sinner chicken. I'm eating Christian chicken. <laughs> but that was, dri- that was driven by by Kathy, is it Truett Kathy? Truett Cathy. Sorry. I always, I switch his name. But it's driven by Truett Kathy, who who founded Chick-fil-A on Christian principles. He said, this is what we're going to do. When, when his board was wanting him to expand and, no, oh, we got to do more, do more, do more. And he sat there and listened to him. He said, no, 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 no. Uh-uh, I don't think so. We, we don't, we're not good enough to go bigger. We have to get better before we get bigger. If we want God to, Lord, bring us the lost. God let grow our church. God help us have a greater influence. And he's sitting there thinking, okay, 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 all right. Are you willing to get, are you willing to get better before you get bigger? Are you willing to deal with things in your own life, in your own heart? Lord, I want more influence. God, I want to have an impact. God, okay, all right. That's a great thing. Are you willing to get better before you get bigger? I had the, actually, I had the privilege of meeting Chuck Kathy. and uh, I met him at uh, at this event, and I was getting ready to, to walk up on stage, and, and he was there, and I knew it was him, so I was like, my gosh, I, I want to meet this guy, like, I love his chicken, you know, that's important, so um, this was about 10 years ago, and since then, he's passed away, but um, I went up to him, I said, hey, I just want to introduce myself, and uh, I said, I just wanted to meet you. It's a privilege to meet you. I really respect you, and I love your your, your culture and who you are. and And he, he he stood up, and he was he was an older guy, and he stands up and and uh, and he goes, I I like I I wanted to talk to him, but he stood up and he he was face to face with me. And he said, he goes, well, thank you. He said, do you have many kids? And I said, yeah, I have two kids. So he reaches in his pocket. <laughs> And he pulls out two coupons for two chicken sandwiches and he gives it to me. I love it. I loved it. I loved it. I started weeping. I love you. I love you. And, and then he reached down bag Baggy had and he pulled out two Beanie Babies of, these, of, of cows that says eat more chicken. And he gave those to me as well. There's just, there's something about respect that just makes you want to respect. And if that's what you give, that's what you're going to get back. So in relationships, I just want to give us some very quick practical keys on how to show respect. Number one is this: when you don't agree with someone, be gentle. Be gentle. Philippians five, or sorry, four: five says this: Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Colossians 3.12 says this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, close yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Gentleness is not a weakness. It's a strength. Most people in our world believe that gentleness makes us vulnerable, but it really allows your voice to be heard in confrontation, actually. And it breaks my heart. I'm telling you, it's breaking my heart of the divisions in our own Christian community around the world, around the United States, of the, of, the, of the venom that's spewed all the time. The enemy is fueling this, my friends. If you think, well, I just want to do it. you <laughs> let, let me tell you, you are a tool of Satan to bring disgrace to the church. I know, I know, Jason, that's really harsh. Listen, if you are misrepresenting my family, you need to stop it. If you're being rude, not considering your behavior and how it reflects on, listen, this isn't about you. This is about us. I think the world sits back and they, they laugh at us as we take shots at each other. From a long distance of our courageous cowards with a keyboard and a Facebook account. When Christians argue about beliefs and they are rude, it does not serve our kingdom well. Lord, just bring your kingdom. Lord, bring bring your kingdom to our earth. Bring your kingdom there. God, heal the sick. God, raise the dead. God, save the lost. Why'd you do that? What's your problem? Anyway, Lord, we just love you today. I don't agree with your theology. It's heresy. Lord, we just, Lord, may you be pleased you know, the Lord's, come, Lord's coming back for you, a pure and spotless bride. Just, just, let me just, that has nothing to do with you taking a shower. <laughs> has everything to do with your heart. A wise person has gentleness. A wise person Is respectful, and you think, well, but Jason, but how do I respond when when someone's being rude to me? How how do I make sure what if how do I know what I'm about to say or going to say is God's wisdom? James three says this: wisdom from above is peaceful, gentle, and friendly. In other words, it's not argumentative, it's not destructive, it's not devastating. Be persuasive by respectful. Listen, there are a lot of things that need to be, wrong, need to be righted in our world. I know that. But God wants to use the people who he can trust with difficult situations. And if you find yourself in a difficult situation today, and it's, it's, it's everything within you is wanting to just... Ugh, God's entrusted you with that situation because he can trust you. You might think, oh, God's punishing me. No, he's not. He has set you there because he can trust you. You might be in the middle of a firestorm. You know why you're there? Because he can trust you. He's looking for people he can trust. To not not compromise, not speak the truth, not make hard. It's not that you're not going to make hard decisions. That means you're going to represent his kingdom well, and his kingdom is going to move forward no matter what, no matter what. That's what this whole idea, love, is not rude. Another practical thing that we can do is when you speak the truth, be tactful, not judgmental. Be tactful, not judgmental. Proverbs 15, 23 says this, everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It's wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. In other words, right word, right time, right season. Listen, I grew up in a farming community. You, you don't, you don't, you plant during planting season so that you can harvest during harvest season. If you want to plant during harvest season, you're not going to get the result that you want. We need to have tact, which is this, a keen sense of what to say or, or do to avoid giving further offense. Skilled in dealing with difficult or delicate situations. A keen sense of what's appropriate, what is tasteful. I believe most Christians, they don't lack truth. I don't think we lack truth. I think we lack tact. I read an article from an older pastor defining tact. He says, tact is what you thought about saying, but you didn't say it. (laughs) Tact is the ability to make a point without making an enemy. And the reality is this, if people choose to to hate you because of your stance, but if you look back, you're like, you know, I was respectful, I was gentle, I was, that's on them. Tact, though, is when somebody tells you to go jump off a bridge and it makes you look forward to the journey. (laughs) Tact is treating everybody as if they knew, sorry, tact is treating everyone as if they knew what they were talking about when you knew that they don't have a clue. Tact is the art of thanking someone for being open-minded when really what you meant was they have a hole in their head. <laughs> tact is changing the subject without changing your mind. Really this is what, tact is just thinking before you speak. That's what it is. Ephesians 4:15 says this, speaking the truth in love we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. This word mature body is lacking massively in our Christian culture. Listen, I, I can't, I don't judge the world. Paul, if you want to read how Paul handles, read 1 Corinthians 5 about a church that was dealing with immorality. He said, listen, I don't judge the world. In other words, they're lost. Of course they're acting lost. Our, our, our purpose in the church is to become mature. To address things that help us to become more mature. So that, so that we can become mature body of him who is the head. Jesus Christ, our Savior. The last thing is this. Don't repay rudeness with rudeness. That's all. Very simple thing. Because I guarantee you, you're going to get hit up with rude. People are going to be rude to you. Man, they're going to be rude to you. They're going to say things. They're gonna, their tone's not going to be, it, and they're going to be nasty. But I want you to listen to one of the disciples who writes a church. Remember, this letter is to a church. It's not to a society. It's to a church. Peter says this. Don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. And I think many times a blessing is actually not responding with evil. That's one of the ways you can bless someone is to not respond with what is maybe due at the moment. Because to this you were called that you may inherit a blessing. This whole idea. As everything in us wants to insult, boom, insult. Injury, boom, injury. God says that's not who you are. I'm talking about there's a distinction between, should be a distinction between Christians and the world. And we live in a world that there really isn't a lot of distinctions. I want us to be a church that is distinct. I want people to say, man, Faith Bible Chapel. They love people, they don't compromise on their beliefs, they make hard decisions when necessary. But they are respectful, they are kind. they're not rude. They don't keep record of wrong. They are choosing to love. And I'm telling you, if we choose to do that, God will transform our lives forever. So if you want better relationships, you want to be healthy relationships, don't repay rudeness with rudeness. This last verse this is very simple. Proverbs 15:1: "A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. There's lots, of other, there's lots of other scriptures about engaging with a fool. In other words, sometimes you just don't do it. But if you will just be respectful, you'll understand. And you will represent the kingdom of God in which you're from. Remember, you give respect not because of who someone else is. You give respect because of who you are. And because of who you are, you're able to see people through God's eyes. It, again, it, it, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying we don't stand for truth. Because the world's looking for, for a, a body, for somebody to stand for truth. They're looking for someone to draw a line in the sand. The world's looking for truth. We don't compromise our truth. And I think that's what's become confusing over, over time is that love... As, as what we've called it, it just turns into tolerance. But if you love, then you don't have any convictions. No, that's not love. Actually, to love, you have strong convictions. How you communicate them is what love is all about. The Scripture defines how our relationship should be. Scripture defines what's right and wrong. I don't. Culture doesn't. Experience doesn't. The Word of God does. And how we interact with people, how we have relations with one another. That's how we will give testimony to the world that our God is real and he lives. They could, I mean, it's, you could have the Tasmanian devil doing circles around you. Just spitting all types of vile and venom. And, and by the grace of God, I choose to be respectful. Because I choose to love you. Because you aren't acting lovable right now. But I choose to love you. That is supernatural love. In other words, it is not determined or not hinged on someone's behavior. It's hinged on who you are as a son or a daughter of God. You are a king and a priest, and God is inviting us to begin to walk out our calling. On our purpose here on this earth. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.